Episode 93 of the Roads Untraveled Podcast. 93, really? Yeah. That's crazy. The year that we were born. Yeah, that, no kidding. Eh? And we don't have any plans for episode 100 yet. <laughs> we, we need some ideas, guys, so uh, let us know. Am I going to be back for 100? Or will it... Uh, I get back June 24th or something. Oh, it'll be, yeah, it'll be right around that time, I right think. Right around that t- time. Yeah. Where are you going? Europe. You're going to, I thought you were going next year. No, I'm going in like... Three weeks. I think he said That's that dumb. in 2016. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I don't know. <laughs> well, I, th- I thought you were going kind of more towards like the end of summer or kind no, of like... all flights are booked. I leave in May. That's crazy. So where are you going? Uh, I, uh, I fly into Dublin. It's a cross-Atlantic flight because I, li- I live in Vancouver and you got to stop in Toronto or whatever. And uh, supposedly on WestJet flights, cross-Atlantic, uh, free alcohol as much as you want. No way. Yeah. Open bar? Yeah. My friend, he's he's in Ireland, so that's why we're going there first. And uh, he does the flight all the time, and he's like, yeah, as long as you're just pretty chill about it, you, you can just keep getting served. Right, So right. then my goal is just to get blasted. <laughs> just, just shit face. And then I arrive in Ireland at like 7 a.m. in Dublin and just be like, just plastered. And like flights are always the best because you don't have to drink nearly as much and you get way more fucked yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then I'm watching movies and stuff. And then in Dublin for uh, the day or so, go to you know Guinness Factory, see some castles, whatnot. Go visit my friend who's in Cork. He graduates medical school. Go for his grad, and then we fly to Nice a couple days later, and Nice, France. And uh, basically, we get there pretty late. And the next day, we bust into Monaco, watch the Grand Prix race. Been on the podcast a couple times. That's so. It's gonna crazy. be so tight. I'm pretty excited about that, especially since I've been following along. We've been following along uh, all season, and so when you're at the Grand Prix, we should do a conference call setup and have you come in for like 10, 15 minutes to. Yeah, say, uh, pre- a little pre-race, uh, just a couple minutes. Yeah, yeah just a couple for minutes, sure. Yeah. It might be like 4:30 a.m. your guys' time. <laughs> I, I don't mind. <laughs> I don't care waking up for that. The, the voice you're hearing, by the way, just quickly, Jesse is on the podcast. Hey guys, again. I'm back. Grayson's here as always. Howdy and Levi. Hey, sorry. Continue. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm super stoked, man. This year, if anyone else is following along, it's turned out to be a good year. It's going to be a really competitive season with four really top racers, but and two top teams, both Mercedes and Ferrari this year, really put it in a good challenge actually leading the leaderboard mclaren's trying but honda's not really letting them uh succeed oh yeah mclaren yeah as well as they could yeah mclaren is not doing well at all on the last race grayson so mclaren it has their car right and they're partnered with honda so honda's making their engines for their cars they've had they've had problems every race their car broke down before the race started no last weekend asterisk so for people who might be like what the fuck Formula Super Super Race? Why would anyone be racing a Honda engine? I, 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 listen, I which just, is what, which is what, not what I'm... It seemed like, it seemed like, <laughs> it seemed like where you're going with that. Um, up until this year, when all the regulations have changed, Honda has made quite uh, great engines at a high level. And they've great, like, they're very reliable, they're good, and they've done well. Am I wrong? They all, they've year, always, they've made always great done engines, really yeah. Yeah, yeah, even at the high level. And then this year, everything's like changed. You know, they're like, we're gonna make it. We're making faster, louder cars. We listen to the people. You know, we're gonna cut back on some of those regulations. Add some cylinders, and uh, and then then that they just their new engine is just it's 
no bueno. They've had so many engine failures and just like car just shut down. Like look, car shut. Down. The racers are getting chapped. Oh yeah, these ra- <laughs> like when the car breaks, these racers are just pissed. Especially off. since like it happens in the qualifying, and it happens the pre then it happens race like second lap, and he just like or like you know tenth lap in, and he just pulls over and he just like throws his keys back in the seat. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah. See now that we're kind of on the edge of a big electric car boom. Like it's start technology starting to get there. Where like the only thing that's really holding it back is the distance it can travel without a recharge. Right. So my question is, do you ever see the Grand Prix having electric cars in it, a hundred percent or a hundred percent electric? No. No, because they tried that with Formula E. That's like a different division of yeah. Formula driving, and it's like electric. It's kind of, they're chugging along. I mean, there's still races, but it's not anything that people are going to fly from here to Monaco to go see. So The loudness and the rawness and, like, just the combustion of the engines. And, like, I think that's what the big drive is, is, right? And, like, how these racers are just surrounded by fuel and explode. But now, what if they were to put sound effects, like speakers, at the end of the... No. I mean, maybe. <laughs> we actually talked about, when we were watching the last race, we talked about how uh, eventually, you know, they'll come to a point where they could have cars that would be faster than the drivers. And we're like, well, would they would they have races? Would they, would they just eliminate the drivers? I'm like, well, no, now all of a sudden it's just a computer game. People just push a button at the beginning of the race after planning out all the track and then all the cars would just... Like, maybe so people would watch that. I'd probably watch it too because it'd be kind of cool to see robots go around a track. But there'd be nothing... Kinda. You need the, the, the stakes, right? You need like the yeah. um, like the life and death yeah. kind of stakes. Yeah, and that's the human error is the best part. It's the best part about because humans will do things that maybe the computer wouldn't. They'll push limits more. The computer will be like, no, I'm not supposed to actually push it. The limits. I should actually come in for a pit in two laps. What, meanwhile, Lewis Hamilton being like, fuck that shit. I'm going on there five laps. Or like, I'm gonna. Make a take a penalty in the pit lane just for being a dick. Oh yeah, right. And, <laughs> and, and he blocked and like, someone he, in the and, other race. And made him and lose the race by yeah. five seconds because he got a five second penalty. He yeah. lost the race by five seconds because he got a five second penalty for blocking someone in, out of the pit. That was pretty funny. <laughs> and, and then also like, robots so, remo- uh, swapping wheels is probably a lot less exciting than having everybody just dashing towards the car yeah. and then shooting the car out. Yeah. 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 So. But, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's a team effort now, rather like it's a legitimately a full team effort. Full team right? effort. Yeah. And. Yeah. You just start running algorithms, like, what is that, then? Yeah, there's a lot of calculations already that they do now, but it's it's balancing everything in the time that it is. You can make all calculations before the race, but then certain aspects during the race, lap to lap, moment to moment, change, right? And you'll be like, the driver will be like, no, my tires are wearing too fast, I'm going to have to come early. We've got to swap to super softs instead of... And also feel. Yeah, feel, right? And weather conditions and stuff like that. So you can... All that stuff is planned before, but not until... You get down to the race. Now, Rob's SLS AMG Black Series has a computer in it that records the tracks. You drive it once, and then it's something about it's computer-controlled. The car doesn't drive itself, but what does it do exactly in recording the track? I don't know exactly how that system works, but a few other supercars and like hypercars have that. Like If you're just driving around and then you come to one of these known circuits, right? Right. I don't know if Area 27 would be in any of these computers yet. Probably not. But for all the other popular tracks, like, you know, in the States and stuff, I'm pretty sure it basically just gives you a lay of the land. So when you when you get there, it's actually a GPS, like, on your thing. and then It's it like sh- a mini-map? It, sh- it would show you, you know, breaking zones, and it would allow you to time yourself without having to have someone on the outside with a stopwatch oh, cool. or whatever. Because um, it knows where the start and finish is, various wonder, other points. And I wonder if it's I gotten think. to the point where they'll be able to, like, 
assist and uh, suspension adjustments on the go. Like you're coming up to a right, you're coming up to right. a, not even until, like you're gonna adjust the suspension. You feel the car just like slightly adjust before you go into the corner because it knows you're taking that corner. That'd be pretty interesting. See, my lawnmower it has a pretty cool system. <laughs> 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 yeah, it, it's all related. Just hold on. So my lawnmower oh, I, has yeah. a pretty good. Um, it's like a John Deere diesel lawnmower, and all four wheels turn. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know exactly what they call it, but basically the front wheels as well as the back wheels, when you make a left turn, the front wheels move to the left and the uh, back wheels uh, move to the right. There's so even, it kind of makes a cup like that and it can really like spin you out. Like I understand that using that at a fast speeds is difficult just because you're um, like when you're traveling that fast, like even with my lawnmower that can only travel 15 kilometers an hour, you're almost throwing yourself off the seat when you take a corner because your back end swings. Uh, swishing around but now do you think you they could design something like that there that is. only does it very slightly there is there is that we've driven many cars that have this Ulrich's 300 zx has it it's called hikus right yeah isn't skyline new, gtrs all have it is there a new porsche that like has <clears> the gt3 rs the purple one but now those Definitely. aren't moving too much like they're moving very slightly oh, right yeah well if you're going yeah like 250 kilometers an hour yeah it's like half a degree will make all but here's the thing though low speeds they do what you're saying the say these are the two wheels on the one side of the car and you're turning this way one will turn that way one will turn that way right so it creates like a circle like that but at high speeds they both go like that creating a little bit of a crabbing effect so it's more stable at high speeds See, what I think they should do is, you know, I think that's kind of a cool idea. Um, it seems like a lot of people disable that when they buy, um, you know, GTRs and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But what I think would be pretty cool is if they had it. So if you're going at slow speed and you want to pull into a parking spot or you want to do like a, like a U-turn, they, it, it, it moves like, like my uh, lawnmower does, right? So, so you can literally like turn on a dime. I think that would be pretty cool. Forklift if you, if you already have... Forklift style, yeah. yeah. pretty much. Oh, if, sure. If yeah. you have the technology in there, just have it so it can do it a little bit more on, you know, when you're going like five kilometers an hour. Yeah, or if in Grayson's world, you just pull up to Parallel Park, your wheels will turn completely sideways, and you'll just slide right in. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That yeah. would be pretty dope. There's, but now, to I've be fair, there's, there's, there's few there's, things there's in the world... There's out there like that. To be fair, there's few things in the world that feel as good as when you're doing a perfect parallel park. Like one I did shot, one, today. W- one oh. shot moving in fast and then forward stop. Like oh, not even that's forward like, stop. I'm about the the one and go. Just just not just even the pull one, forward. Not even the just forward. Straight the back, swinging the fish in the front, and whoop, and you're just even oh, four inches from the curb. Perfect. <laughs> and when it's tight too, when it's just real tight. They have a, a video, I don't know if you guys have probably seen it, but it's basically like a, a Ferrari or something like that, oh. that is kind of on an angle, but they pull the e-brake and they just hit the gas, and basically the car just like anchors itself and just swicks, um, swings the uh, the front of the car in. There's a, there's a video of a classic Mini 2 where he's just booking it like 60 kilometers an hour or something on this road, and there's like a wet patch ahead, and uh, there's two Minis parked, you know, uh, perpendicular. And there's a gap, there's a little small parallel park, and he just whips the e-brake, and the car just spins around, and he just slides right in. There's like two inches on either side, and he's just, it's like the world's tightest parallel park job. But the only way you would be able to do it is if you were to go in on like on a sideways, just complete sideways drift, because right. you wouldn't be able to actually parallel park it. Right. And it's cool. Getting out would be a bitch. He's just like, you just get to tell, he's like, yeah! <laughs> he's just like, cheered everyone's like, oh! <laughs> it's pretty sweet. 
Should bring it up. See, um, <laughs> pull that shit up, Jamie. <laughs> we have some, uh, we have some cool stuff coming up. One is to do with the racetrack that we might be able to rent out. What I think would be a cool idea is we bring a couple of people out there, and one of the videos just compares driving styles between everybody. So you're given like a, a short course or like parallel parking, and everybody's tested, and we kind of all kick in twenty bucks, and the winner gets uh, gets the money. I think that could be pretty cool. Yeah, I guess depending on competitions like that and stuff. See, that's that's one of those uh, types of videos we haven't done yet, but I really want to start doing. It gets a lot of views and it's a lot of fun to do. I'd be super good at the if you ever watched like Canada's Worst Driver or whatever. You know how they have to go real fast and then the the barriers get smaller where they have to like fit the car between. Yeah, I'm super good at that. I got great spatial awareness. I drive the work van downtown, and uh, just just. Inches on so- either sides so and <laughs> thread needles. He it's does. Crazy. He does. And I, I really want to do the drunk versus high versus sober oh, yeah. driving test. Oh, we, yeah. At some point, we have to do that. Definitely. It, it has to be. I, I really want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Mainly because I just want to, like, legally Drive drunk get and drunk stone. and high on video and just actually see, like, yeah, yeah, can yeah, I yeah, improve pretty drunk. or, you know, is it just the same, right? Or Yeah, no, no, it's... Yeah. Well, it won't be the same. Drunk will definitely be different, but high and sober might be closer than you think. Definitely. Dot dot dot. Is it is it, is it Asian folks doing this? Doing this? Yeah. Mm, uh, well, that's nah. one of the, that's the one I saw. And it's like amazing. Oh, it's not classic mini, but he no, just, like, he cheated. It. He that's basically just a redo of the original classic mini video. But that's wow. and that's on a cor- he like curves in. <laughs> that's weak ass <laughs> shit. Just Look up is. classic mini uh, pull oh, I apart. Just found, I just, is it a Guinness World Record? Yeah, it's a Guinness World Record. Okay, well, easy there, pal. I haven't seen this video okay, before. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, one idea that I had, um, we are in the talks of filming a possibly an RCMP's car. Um, like it's his With, personal car. Oh, yeah. Um, his personal car, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. and that kind of got me thinking of some videos, cool videos we can With do in the future. Though? And um, basically, one of them is um, if you were to, like, you know, book off a road or a highway and travel at, like, 10 kilometers over the speed limit or whatever it is for until the end point, and he's able to hide with his radar anywhere along that road, and um, you have a radar detector, and it's basically radar versus cop, and you have to see who could win. If you can slow down in time for him to actually scan you um, oh. and see if, you know, compare the two, see if you could actually do camera it. Camera in the car, camera with him. Yeah. Secretly hidden. You don't know where he is you have to travel at 10 kilometers an hour until your radar beeps and when your radar beeps you're allowed to you know Dr- slow dro- right down to the have the drone in there so we can see both yeah yeah and then cool. yeah and then when your radar beeps you're allowed to slow right down to the speed limit and then whatever he gets you in on the gun and then like have the final shopping thrown on the hood and handcuffed would, well, yeah it would be nice did you see the video oh. <laughs> just <laughs> tell the listeners the, the listeners aren't able to watch it because we're not doing a video well, we put the link in the but, description yeah, just, well, <laughs> we will do that yeah yeah or just like yeah let them know the title it's pretty easy so it's gonna look like it's world's tightest parallel park classic mini yeah that's what it is it's tightest parallel park uh record broken twice uh actually twice and so anyway it's a bunch of bunch of british looking folks they're hella british they are yeah Get in cozy, Levi. Like, get in cozy with that mic. Get in cozy with that mic, Levi. I'm, good, I'm sorry. All right. And, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. And, uh, anyway, basically, long and short of it is, is they are drifting around minis in England. Uh, and, you don't uh, know for sure. Allegedly. Uh, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> and, uh,. Uh, yeah, they basically basically like just do exactly what Jesse said. They just drift. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
See, my parents went to uh, France, and they said that what they do over there is they actually, like, for parallel parking, because the, sm- uh, the stalls are so small, that they actually drive, and they, tap- they don't stop until they tap the car's bumper in front of them. So they oh. said, like, tapping, so, like, you know, that's how you get into these spots, is that you, you tap, you go slowly, tap the bumper, back up, tap the bumper, and move that. Like, that just seems so weird. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. even believe that. Have you guys ever done that, like, when you're parallel parking, like, downtown? Have you guys ever, like hit somebody and be like, oh, and then just well, not said anything? Um, I've <laughs> oh, only hit curbs, so not cars. I, I usually, like, I, I don't, um, I usually parallel park and only choose the spots to do that with, or, like, you know, when I know I haven't, like, more than enough room. For sure. Because um, no, nothing's good. more embarrassing than trying to parallel into a tight spot when you have, like, a Traffic lineup of cars that are, like, waiting for you to get in. Like, that's so much pressure. Or, but or nothing's if, more satisfying than just crushing it. Just cr- Or, if it, nothing's <laughs> more embarrassing people. if you come into to a spot that you think is going to be big enough, you think it's going to be big enough that you don't have to parallel park, that you can just pull in the normal way, and then oh. you try to pull in, you're like two feet from the curb, you're like, fuck, fuck it. <laughs> you just go, fuck it, and you're just like, <laughs> you just leave it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but no, uh, parallel parking, though, it's it's just math. Yeah, it's just angles and triangles it's, and if shit. There's a great video. If anyone's like, oh man, I'm not that good at parallel parking. Once you know right. the, the technique, exactly. like three it's, steps. It's very, it's, and then it's, you know it's it, very right. methodical. All you do is um, you pull up, right? Your wheels. At a certain amount of distance from the car that's in the, the front car with your mirrors aligned or whatever, you go back until the, you know, whatever your, uh, your, front your axle, yeah, yeah, align with their back ones, and then you turn, and then back, and then, you know, turn again. And so if you just get that part done, then it's like, oh, wow, okay. Yeah. Not too bad. You can park. You can parallel. <laughs> I saw some guy uh, bump into the car behind him the other day. Oh, I didn't say awkward. shit though. I was just like <laughs> driving by slowly, and he was parallel parking in uh, Delica, like those uh you know left hand yeah. drive. Yeah, everyone knows those. Right hand drive. Or sorry, right hand <laughs> drive. Uh, Vannies. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he was going, and it was just like so close. And I was like, I'm just slow, so I slowed right down just to watch him, and I was just like. <laughs> just bombed into the car. I don't think he knew though, because he was going pretty slow, and then just pulled in. I was like, no, no, I'll Mark, let him have this victory. <laughs> now, Marcus, for a question for you, because you have the most experience in a right-hand drive vehicle, do you find it easier to parallel park in a right-hand car or left-hand car? Oh, easier. I would think it'd be easier. I, I think it's easier, but it's not like that different that it's like, oh, I hate parallel parking left-hand drive cars now. No, but no, I, no, I'd say it's a little bit easier, and it's just better because you just get right out onto the curb, right? But like the fact that you can actually see the curb, I think, is like that, a big that's, benefit. That's, that's right? the one. Be- the definite benefit is you pull up next, you crank, and then as you're coming in, you can just you can actually see your front end too a lot better. The, your tight end with the car in front of you, you can kind of just like if you want yeah, to no, look out a little yeah. bit, so you can be real close. And then you just like, oh, and you look in your rear view, and you get the perfect curb angle and slide in. Yeah, no, you're right though. It's you're not you're not ever or you shouldn't at least ever curb your back wheels when you're doing a parallel park in a right hand drive car. Yeah, it's no, pretty, it's pretty much. Impossible. You should be looking. Yeah, uh, yeah I've done that bit. a few times. Like coming too sharp and stuff like that. But I really want to look up that video about the uh, kind of the math behind it because like everything in the world is math. So, I mean, if you understand, just like pool, right? If you understand the angles and everything like yes, that. That's, you know. that's how Teslas can just parallel park themselves. Yeah. Like, a, they do that for you. Exactly. Yeah. I would they say do that. everything is math. I remember but. the first time, Grayson, like a year ago when Allie uh, got us into that P85D downtown Vancouver and she was driving. She, like, she was just showing us around quickly before we took it out. 
And uh, and she was just like, she was freaking out about it because this was kind of like her second date with the car. And she was like, you won't believe this. And she just puts it and then you wait for the little steering wheel, the parking space, and it senses there's a parallel parking. You just hit a button, you just leave it, and the steering wheel's just turning, and then uh, boom, parks, parks it's parked. <laughs> Like, I could get used to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, now, that's kind of another question I had, and I want you guys' opinion on this. So, Tesla right now, the company's worth more than Ford, Chevy, <laughs> all the main big North American um, car companies. No, that's not fully true, but... Well, I mean, their their value of their IP, um, whatever, is like their, um, uh, their, their stock worth. is worth way more. Now, their stock's worth more, but um, they don't have as much in sales. Right. So do you think that Tesla would ever replace um, – do, do you think that they're going to be the next big automotive manufacturer? Do you think that, like, they're going to just take over the market completely and, like, possibly come up with a truck that's completely electric there down There is line? a truck that's completely electric. It's not Tesla, though. They're coming up with one, though. I, I just saw it on Facebook. I, I think that, that the technology that, that they use it with Tesla is going to be more widely – you know, that's going to be the next thing. It's not going to be necessarily Tesla that's doing it. But the technology that agreed, it, it's, kind, it's kind of like if you look at social media, like MySpace was the first, but MySpace didn't fucking take over. Facebook did, right? Yeah. Like MySpace was the first, so everyone back then was probably like, oh, well, MySpace is going to take over and be the biggest, but. And especially since um, Tesla, they, they gave out all of their designs, made them all open source See, for anyone to, to look at it and use like a, a couple years ago. So they're like, no, 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 no. We're not the only ones. We want the whole world to, you know, to do it. So Elon Musk, hey, Elon dope, Musk, dope dude. Musk guy. Ha- I'll have to look up the name, but remember that story a while ago about the guy who crashed. I think it was MySpace or something like that. Um, that there was like it may have been MySpace, it may have been like another one. But basically, what he did is this <laughs> this like young guy created a code, and basically what the code was is that everybody who visited his MySpace page would automatically become friends with them. And then uh, what he did is that code would then be transferred off to the next person. And every person that they viewed would also become with friends with them. So within a day, he had like over a million friends. And it was just too much for the system to handle. And it crashed. Oh. Um, so he ended up getting like going to jail or whatever it was. <laughs> and then he, then he got out. But then he started going developing. Jail, he's, then he started developing um, technology for cars and self, like, self-driving cars. So he actually officially recently released... Um, this device that works in like a certain like it's an Acura something that you basically you, you don't have to do anything to the car you just take a like plug a cord into somewhere and then hook it up on the um, uh, kind of the rear view mirror and it will turn your normal car into an, a completely automated car but right now there's only one uh, there's only one car that it actually works with and it only works on one road from somewhere in like you know California to wherever else but it has like a flawless track record no crashes and you can literally install it if anybody owns that car and soon it'll be all cars and it will turn your car into an auto, like a completely automatic car autonomous um autonomous car, car. so um now elon Any musk car? hates them and they're in a bitter feud because their technologies are completely different the way that this guy's works is it's actually a um, artificial intelligence ai that re- um remembers your driving ability the different roads and it actually learns now it, the actual code itself that this ai is made up of is very small it's only like however many lines um, but now Elon Musk, on the other ha- hand, has like its computer, which is like a hundred thousand times the, the amount in uh, in the actual code that runs it. Um, but it doesn't have that technology. So basically, 
it's like there's two ways that the world is going to go. It's either they're going to use AI or they're using Elon Musk's system. Um, it's kind of interesting, and just the fact that any car could be converted kind of makes uh, it, it kind of shows that we could all be driving um, not automated cars, but um, like uh, like yeah, automated cars um, very soon, and you don't even have to go and buy a brand new Tesla in order to do it. Yeah, yeah, there's that. Yeah, that's that's intriguing. It, it must work on. I'm yeah, yeah I'm super the, curious. It's, I feel like on it would cost works. like a still quite a, like a several like a no it was eight, it, it was like six hundred bucks. It's literally a. But tiny, how does it work on all the electronic control of the car? Well, because most cars, at least new ones, have automatic um or like electric steering, uh, electric steering, yeah, 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 okay. all this kind of stuff. So, obviously so you it need completely ele- takes over. Okay, so, but for like so not on all cars. Doesn't work on my mini. <laughs> well, no, not quite. <laughs> but like you know, the majority of cars, cars from like two thousand two onwards are no electric but, power steering is only like kind of really mainstream, like twenty ten and all. I just like okay. I'd, I'd say I, mm, I just never thought electric steering. Oh, electric steering, not power steering, right? No, electric power steering, meaning there's actually, there's Force no hydraulic, like it's, the steering wheel isn't actually connected to so the, the wheels So the steering wheel move itself, oh, okay. Then and same with the gas pedal, sense. the gas pedal on my same car. Same thing, it's an electric sensor, or yeah. like it's, it's electric, uh, in, like, yeah. circuit. Which people don't like because there's been conspiracy theories for, with the government and stuff, how the government's been able to just fucking hack into people's cars and oh, yeah. pull the throttle open. That that like that's real. People can take control of cars. Yeah. The internet, I think Hillary Clinton did it to a few people and I'm okay. sorry. <laughs> with, with, with my car, if I have um like I like if I am stopped the car's turned off and I turn the steering wheel very hard, the wheels will move. Does that mean it's not electric steering? No, that's not electric power steering. That's hydro. That you still have hydraulic power, power steering, steering. Oh. right? But your your engine has to be running in order for the hydraulics to be working. R- right. So um, if you're in a electric um, a, a steering car, what would happen if you turn the steering wheel? Nothing. It shouldn't. No, nothing. I haven't physically tested this. Like the GT3 RS we drove, that's electric power steering. Uh, the Audi S5 that we just drove recently, that's also that was one of the like. First, I think, and that was a 2013 model. Not first in hmm. general, but first for Audi's kind of fifty, sixty thousand dollar cars uh, to have it. But I don't know. That's a good question. Actually, I don't think it would do anything. I think it would just be locked, right? Okay. Yeah. But yeah. Um, before we get any further, uh, I just want to talk about Lexus ISF really quickly. Sure. Can yeah. we just talk about the Lexus? Just Let, real let's quickly, talk about Lexus ISF. Gloss over the because uh, we haven't done this in a while. We haven't talked about cars that we filmed in a while. Mainly because we filmed like people importing cars and shit, which is good. They get the views, but come on, let's do some driving people. Um, <laughs> some new, yeah, some some shit. Yeah, some good some shit. Real shit. Uh, yeah, shout out to Lucky Eight Auto first of all. Um, we talked about them a little bit on the last podcast, I think, because Johanna imported her car from them. Um, but when we we were there, we saw. I, well, I saw on the lot they had a Lexus ISF and a n- number of other cars, but I was like. Shit, I've, I always found the Lexus ISF to be an interesting car, and I was always fascinated by it. Not because it's a crazy sports car or anything. It's a four-door mid-sized sedan, right? But because it's it's not the M3, it's not the C63 AMG, It's not. it doesn't look crazy. The front just looks no. like your average boring Lexus. Yeah, it kinda, it's got a little bubbly back. It's a little high. The back does have quad tailpipes, but other than yeah. that... Oh, when you look at it straight from the back, you're sure, but if you look side view, like the rear end's a little... It's, yeah. It's not overly crazy... No, it's not, it's basic. Yeah, yeah, it's but it's, okay. But so that's what kind of intrigued me about it because it's supposed to be like this. It's got a big five liter V eight right up front, 
It's got, like, just over 400 horsepower, which is more than, like, a brand new Corvette had 10 years ago, right? So it's got some power. Um, it's rear-wheel drive. So anyways, Lucky 8 saw our interest in the ISF, and they were very kind, and they tossed us the keys for the day. So we got to take it out uh, for about four or five hours. Sorry, and I just, I missed, sorry, what were we talking, what, what are you driving? Lexus. Lexus ISF. Okay, so what's, uh, sorry. I'm trying to drive it. It's a four-door sedan. Yeah. The one we drove with was a 2008 model. Yeah. It's the first year they came out with it. It's a natu- It's kind of competes with Ulrich's car, or at the time it did, the C63 AMG. Okay, yeah. It's a four-door sedan, mid-size, from Lexus. But it, like, goes. Looks pretty basic. When like, you put your foot down, it's got more than, like, your mom's 200 horsepower minigun. How much yeah. horsepower is in it? Four, like four, four I think it's, like, 420, 415 horsepower. Um, so what were your thoughts driving around for the day? You want okay. to say something? Or so go, yeah, like, right. I, I, I thought, thought you were talking it, about Grayson yeah. drove it quite a bit too. So yeah, no, he I, liked it because I, I feel like I, Grayson likes would like Lexus. I, I absolutely I, okay. Let's be real. Come on. I'm not, not going to deny <laughs> that it's not the a nice, exact same taste in cars. I'm not going to decide. But my, my my grandma's a baller though. She loves Lexuses and like Alex and like just like nice shit that works well and has all the fucking features. Oh. I, I'm not going to deny that it's not a nice car. Um, I mean, like, overall, when you look at the specs, um, there's a lot of horsepower. The interior is nice. Um, I mean, like, for what it is and for the price, it's not too bad. You can, you can get these, to put them in, in perspective now, it's a 10-year-old car for, like, low 30s. See, for me personally... Oh, and it was 70 grand new. Yeah. Oh, thanks, buddy. See, for me personally, though, and this isn't based on necessarily uh, logic, but... I can't stand the car, to be honest. Wow. I mean, like, I'm, I'm not going to say it's a bad car. I'm not going to say I didn't have fun driving it. But it's just I view it in the sense that if I had the money for that, I would buy sure. almost anything else. But when you, when you, that's a, that's a question that gets thrown around a lot that I always throw around too. And it was a very valid question, very valid point to bring into place. Sometimes you, you can't, you just got to like, if you're going to accurately assess a car, Try to take the value out the value of it, because when you start being like, "Oh, it still costs thirty grand like, for thirty grand," I'm not buying a fucking Lexus ISF. Yeah, for sure. I, I, you know, like you're I, not I, buying a Lexus if you had thirty grand to buy. No, absolutely car, right? not. Like, but <laughs> what I am gonna do is try to like try not to. No, no, no. But what I'm try what I will try to do though is think about what other cars that this competes with yes. for that price. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. But he, here's what I'm gonna say is that if if that's thirty five grand, sure, I would if I could either go with that car or give or I'm given fifteen thousand dollars to go get a different car, I would take the fifteen thousand and go and get a different car. I wouldn't. I See, think the, the, grand, this is I'd just go my opinion. Car, and, sell it, and, one, and then go back and buy the fifteen thousand dollar car. And, and one thing that really stands out for me is that like. The, the the suspension is the weirdest thing in the world. Oh, I've seen those. Um, the suspension is like, like honestly, I would take the suspension that's my Cobalt over that suspension. I've got some great shots, Grayson, from the back of us going over bumps at this undisclosed location. The car's like wafting up and down. It's it bounces. Hilarious. It's like you're on a trampoline. So when you go over a bump, it's not just like ba-bum. You're ba-bum, ba-bum, How many ba-bum, kilometers, ba-bum, ba-bum. Were, kilometers or like miles were on the car that you guys drove? 145,000. Do you think maybe their suspension was just shit? I've never a been shot? in a car like it's never been in a car that's come even close to, to that, that car, but that, but it's not me either. Really, it was that like it wasn't. Here's the thing: in in like mid corner and you know normal driving conditions, we drove it for four four or five hours. We drove it in the city. We drove it in the country. We drove it on the highway. We drove it up to eighteen kilometers an hour allegedly, and <laughs> we got to experience like roughly what this car is, right? <laughs> 
And like when you're going around the corner and it's smooth, it's great. You know, you feel a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, w- what you would expect at least from a big four door sedan. But when you go over a bump mid corner, it takes your confidence immediately away. Oh, yeah. That, that's exactly Ooh. what I felt. Because, like, I know you said that the Shaky. handling is good on it and stuff like that. But I didn't have the confidence to actually push it. Because I found that the moment I hit a bump, it, I'm bouncing up and down. So if I over, you know, if I turn too much or something like that, I almost felt like I was going to go right off the road. I know all, I know all about that uh, in these uh, work vans that I drive. <laughs> they, uh, they don't. They're, they're, you know, race, race the thing, gravity, and when, like, not even at, like, a really fast speed or something, like, just an off-ramp or something on the highway, and there's, like, a little, pretty uneven on the road or something, and you're, like, slightly turning, and you hit a bump, and the whole thing just, like, shudders a bunch, you're, like, oh, like, it just, you get used to it, you're, like, you're, like, okay, I, I gotta realize that the car's more confident than I am going mm-hmm. over this, because it just feels weird, and then you just push it a little bit more, <laughs> but, you know, I get the feeling that it's it, just... It it's really not a good feels fe- weird. It's not a good feeling. It's just like this. This is not great. No, feeling any anything that happens while you're driving that takes away your confidence, that's the sign of something that needs to be fixed. Like, but well, or you're just being a pussy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or that. Yeah. Um, but what I was gonna say is that I, I really, after driving this car, because like Grayson said, like I've never experienced anything quite like in modified cars for sure. Because modified cars, people just don't know how to do shit sometimes, right? Um, but as far as I know. This was a bone stock car, but I'm going to confirm with Lucky 8 if this was modified in any way. Right, right, right. I, I need to, I absolutely have to know. Because it was that, that It was that pronounced. It was absolutely that pronounced. And these weren't like crazy potholes. They were big bumps, but they weren't like anything that... No, like, it's, just, it's just a wavy road. road that you're going, like Grayson yeah. said, in his car, in Grayson's Cobalt, way less. It took him actually better, like... To be yeah. completely honest with you. See, and another thing that I kind of that didn't that I was disappointed with the car is that even though it was 400 horsepower, you didn't feel the 400 horsepower right off the line. It definitely took a bit in order for like it. Uh, you don't really start hearing it until kind of 4,000 RPM. Mm. But like right off the line, like we'll have to take a look to see what we did zero to sixty. Oh, not but it was the, the, it felt weak. It felt really weak right off the line. That's, like, have, that's you been, have you been in? Maybe? Have you been in RX C63 AMG? Yeah, I think a little higher in the horsepower. It's four fifty, four sixty. No, his is like four eighty. Four eighty. It's okay. got about seventy five, eighty more. Okay, so it may, I'm I'm sure the feeling though is more than the seventy five, eighty that you're feeling because you feel eh, that one's quick off the line. Oh yeah, here's the thing though. Yeah, like Grayson was saying, the torque on this engine though is higher up in the power. Yeah, band. it just it do you just feel is. it quite a bit higher up though. Oh yeah, well it has it's variable valve timing, right? Like you know Honda's VTEC and whatever else. So like yeah. Grayson was saying. I first thought it was a valve on the exhaust that opens, but it's literally just the cam timing that changes right before, just right. before 4,000, like 3,800 3, RPM. The exhaust literally doubles in volume, and you're like, oh, this is what this car is supposed to sound like. So it's like, and then for the last, like, 3,000 RPM, it's, like I said, I went, like, hauling ass, that car goes from, like, allegedly, 9 kilometers an hour to 18 kilometers an hour, very, very quick. Like, it ha- it does haul ass. Uh. See, like you can't burn, you can't do like a brake stand in that car. You can't like like do a starting burnout kind of thing like that. Like you floored we it. We didn't try. You, 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 For you, obvious, no, we actually didn't try. Yeah, no, like, I, I'm I, not gonna, when you did the yeah. uh, started off on the line, didn't you like basically floor it? I floored it, but I didn't do a brake stand. Like I didn't put one foot on the brake oh, and no, one th- foot th- on. That's the... not what I mean. I mean like um, like when you're starting, like mm-hmm. like you know, and you mm-hmm. floor it with um, the um, the AMG, like the wheels would spin. 
That's why the ISF is better. It grips and goes. No, but that's what I'm saying, though, is that you know the power's there at the AMG, but with the ISF, again, I just sure. found that it was sluggish right off the line. Sure. Speaking about off the line... But you're right. Below 3,000, it has less torque than you would hope it would have. Yes. It, but up for a big 5-liter V8, but up top, it, like... Like I yeah. said, it goes. And the cool. engine is gross. I, I just want to say a few more things. Sure, sure. We're, we're not, I'm not hating on the ISF. For, but like you said, Grayson, for low to mid-30s, I would obviously, I would absolutely have other cars. You can get an R33 GTR for that. You can get a bunch of other stuff for that, Yeah, right? a lot of great things. But comparing that to a C63 AMG, yes, Ulrich's car is a lot faster. Uh, the interior is a lot nicer. But you can get an ISF for half the price. Half the price. Um. So that to me is like oh that that well, changes it's probably about a little, half the a car bit. don't you think it's like- uh, no it's more than half the car then it's more than Ulrich's, like I would rather have the C sixty three if price was no option but taking price into consideration I think I would rather but when have you take price into consideration then you're not even taking the ISF at all no, that, no that, you're, that's, right. you're that, taking a, yeah. a skyline <laughs> like <laughs> you're right you're right. <laughs> I feel like you can't ignore price when you're talking about comparing cars, though, because that's a huge like. No, no, key. for sure, it's, it's it, the it, biggest thing when it comes down to making the final purchase or whatever is. Yeah, well, balancing the yeah. price with like if price was no option, then we're all gonna pick the best of the best. Yeah, of course, it's suited right? not necessarily, but you know what I mean. The thing that I view mm-hmm. it as is that I, I wouldn't buy either car. But if price wasn't an option and I have a whole bunch saved up and I want a fun car, then I would obviously go with the AMG. But that's, of course, down the line when money's not nearly as big of an issue as it is now. So it's just like, again, like the ISF, I'm not, again, I don't want to like shit on the car. I think that like, you know, it's a lot of fun. Um, anybody who buys it, they're it not going to be disappointed. But it's just personally, I was not a big fan. And, you know, sometimes you just drive a car and it just doesn't really connect with it. You don't really get that, um, you, you know, that, that kind of factor so to speak some cars and everybody's different so i'm not saying that everybody should hate on this car or every you, nobody's gonna enjoy this car it's just personally it didn't really spark anything right don't worry like i would honestly go and buy a honda beat over like that like the honda beat was one of my <laughs> favorite cars and it's so weird because it didn't have any horsepower um, Dude, honestly i'd probably with you on that one <laughs> yeah, it's just so unique it's so much more fun like like you know yeah. it's the um like the uh the isf the is not really unique in any way it's not different it's just kind of like a car with horsepower i said that in the review basically right along those lines it's basically it feels what lexus did was they looked at the m3 they looked at the c63 amg they took they took a few things from each car and they just kind of made a lot of effort into it they just kind of even based on just purely on looks it's low effort Mm -hmm. well it's their base sedan that they and keep in mind this also was lexus's this was 2008 this was lexus's first uh, shot at their F lineup, which is like the M version. This was their first ever attempt at it. So So for a first attempt, fucking great. The car's really fun. So now, what is the... uh, What's kind of like the top of Lexus? What's the best um, car that you can get from Lexus? Now... Lexus makes some pretty fast cars now, don't they? They just came out with the LC something. It'll auto-complete for you, probably. Lexus LC 5. It's based on the... 500? Yes, it's based on the same kind of block, and it's it's a, basically an oh, Aston nice. Martin kind of competitor. It's a GT car, and then they had the Les, Lexus LFA, obviously, which is the big V10, uh, yeah. five hundred thousand uh, dollar crazy car. You know what I saw yeah, downtown? It's, it's not bad. I don't know if I spent a hundred thousand dollars on it, but like, it's not that bad. Yeah, no, I think it's a good looking car. It's a good looking car. Yeah, it does look pretty nice. Yeah, I used to remember Lexus is like early two thousands, and there was like 
I'd be like, fucking Lexus, like, these are shit. <laughs> like, I'd just be like, that's what he talked like, too, back then. That being said, for, <laughs> for, 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 five, a, like, four, for a daily South. driver, I think the ISF would be good. Personally, other other than the fact uh, I allegedly tried to have some fun with traction control off, um, and immediate like it'll allow for a little bit of slip off the off the line, right? And then immediately after that first slip is done, it's like no, you've had your fun, and without telling you, it just turns traction off, even really? though you told oh, it, back it, on. it, back it on. just turns it automatically back on. Oh, really? And that was that was honestly kind of frustrating. I'm like, maybe I just don't know how to fully well, fucking control well, it. Well, especially when that it, car but. came out, Lexus is are designed for old people absolutely yeah that's why it kind of looks now like. you know there's obviously they're upgrading to more people with just yeah. general wealth and not just and it's older c- people with money <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> and it's, it's got an eight-speed transmission too oh eight-speed yeah, it's that, an eight-speed that automatic cool. that was cool oh. paddle shift and the paddle shifters were way better than i thought they were going to be for 2008 i'll say that huh they were a little bit quicker than Ulrich c63 actually See, like, the one thing I find about Lexus is that, you know, even if they do make nice cars, like, you know, well-performing cars, I just find, like, the like overall um, exterior, the, the style of it, is just a little bit disappointing. It doesn't, it, they haven't really carved their look into a car. Definitely. Like, when you take a look at a McLaren, you know it's a McLaren, right? It, like, you know, there are certain cars out there that you know yeah. that you can specifically point to a brand. Even Mercedes like, and BMW. When I look at the ISF, it looks like a pimped out Cobalt. I mean, like, you know, it's... The first it, it's, it's, now it's, they do, though. Now I agree with you on the Lexus Back ISF. in the day, yeah. Lexus You is, couldn't tell. But now, with their, everybody's called it the Hourglass Grill. Like, if you look at the at Le- new Lexus RCF, which actually replaced the ISF. See, that's okay looking. That looks like a pimped out Focus. It's just, I like <laughs> lines and I like edges on a car. I think that what's made, that, like, you know, stuff like that that makes it very aggressive makes it stand out that's your like style the, right the new um the new m3 yeah, yeah I like um, that. now i don't i'm not a big fan of lamborghinis so, yeah, and stuff Abby. like that i think that's too showy but you take so, a look Abby, at <laughs> you take a look at the new m3 and it has some nice angles it looks aggressive it looks fierce right the m3 does look nice right now it's just the lexus is i found that they're too rounded there's not enough here one sec i'll show you a picture of the, this is the new lexus rcf that replaced because they don't make the isf anymore this replaced the isf Oh, that looks pretty slick. That, that's definitely that better. Really it's yeah. just I'm not a big fan of the hood because like the hood's too rounded going down. But really? other than that, that one's pretty nice. Well, uh, I like that. I like that. That's okay. That's not a four door. I, I think you're right. Door, with, so. with the ISF, they definitely did not have like their design language. Well, so dude, to speak. everything in 2008 looked hilarious. Do you remember flared like jeans? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess it was kind of 90s. But... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyways, oh, enough, enough with the times. enough with the ISF. I think we uh, yeah. What about, that, that, what about that? What about that? Dodge Demon. <laughs> Can we talk about the Audi real quick? I just want to sure. brush on the Audi. <laughs> okay. this, was, this was like two days ago. Uh, it, real quick. Anyways, uh, 2013 Audi S5. So it's a two door. Uh, the owner bought his for 37 grand. So we're talking about the same price. 2013, but it's got a dual clutch transmission. Other than the $350,000 GT3 RS Porsche I drove, it's been the fastest paddle shift transmission I've ever felt. Whoa. For thirty seven grand. And it was like to get a dual clutch transmission for thirty seven grand is insane. Had about a hundred less horsepower than the ISF. It's got about three hundred and thirty three horsepower. So the same as like a How twenty heavy is the car though, comparatively. Oh god. You might not know off the top of your head, I'm just I don't know the weight right off the top of my head. If I had to guess it's gonna be like thirty five hundred pounds roughly. How much lighter than the ISF? Pro- honestly probably they're probably the around the same, yeah. Really? Yeah. This is a two door interior on this Audi in twenty thirteen. 
Way better. Oh, totally. It, it's yeah. ni- it's night and day. Audi knows how to do a fucking interior. Their steering wheel, flat bottom steering wheel, everything's like where it should be. Um, sure, the car could use an extra hundred horsepower, <laughs> but yeah. at the same time, the transmission was miles better than the ISF. Uh, the interior is way better than anything you're really gonna get for thirty seven grand. A, I got a real question that I don't really know the answer, but I think I know the answer. But at the same time, I feel like. It's just not the answer. Like, how much more money does it cost car manufacturers to just put in, like, an engine that makes an extra 100 horsepower? Because, like, I feel like they just shortchange themselves all the fucking time. They don't want to deal with warranties. I think that's what And also gas consumption is another thing. Okay. Yeah, I guess most people just, like, not most people, but, yeah, most car consumers don't actually give that much of a fuck. Well, the big thing is that I think we they all fucks. have to pay we more taxes in terms of like if you put out a I car. I give a that, lot of fucks, but if you put out a car that just like is terrible on fuel economy, I think there's like regulations that you have to have. Yeah, don't you? It's, it's not really marketable to the public. Too. Sometimes you just I mean, look at a car. How niche is like? No, no but I, but I'm saying right? the exact same car. Like you have the uh, Toyota, the oh, you know, Scion like FRS comes out, right? I'm like, oh my god, if this had like uh, just off baseline, just next year, like. 80, 100 horsepower? Like, oh shit. Like, we're just running... Like, is it the cost that much more that you don't think you'll have the right market for people to buy? Or is it literally they're just like... Because well, uh, if they had 100 horsepower, the FRS would be, one, be great, right? yeah. my absolute fucking favorite cars in like, even if it was only a couple grams, like, is it cost that much more? I don't think it does. Well, what, but, what do you even need to do? Like, is it just engine tweaks? Or like, what, no, no, no. Like, what you, do you well, need to do? Yeah, a couple to things. Get, you probably have to do a different engine. But it's not like they can't do that. They have other cars that do thing, more horsepower. And like, they know how to do engines. It's not like they go, oh, I, I can't physically make a car that has 300 horsepower. It's not like the, the, the Toyota sign, they don't know how to do that. Yeah. It's just like, they purposely. They purposely made a car that with had only three hundred and twenty-three horsepower. Yeah, yeah. Whatever it is, well, right? whatever, yeah. two hundred thirty. Whatever. I don't know what it is. So it, I, I know. It may just frustrating well, as a car guy because no, all you want is just like a little more power. I, I drove. We drove. We reviewed a stock FRS. There, yeah. It and was the dri- only the only thing about the car. Too. The power. A little I, bit more power, please. I drove one too, and then <laughs> we, li- yeah. Literally, the only thing was like, all oh my god, if this had more power, I'd be sold. Like, I'd literally be like. You know what? I'm sold on a newer car. Like I don't yeah. know, I'm a newer car guy. Small like, rear-wheel drive dude, it's, manual. It's everything that, looks exactly. Slick. Everything it looks like, great. Not yeah. to say like there's a lot of people right now probably be like, dude, just get it. You could upgrade it. There's a look like I'm like, yeah. You don't want to do point. that though. Well, you, you could. You do. Sure, I, I like that aspect of it. But your but warranty goes out the window. Yeah. And yeah. The point yeah, it's of it was it's a new car. What if you fuck something up? Especially when that design originally is for more of a car enthusiast style when you're making a two-door car that is stick shift that's rear-wheel drive they're selling, small it. Car. they're selling to young so people like, who especially when that's it. the car yeah. that you're making you're not making a four-door family car like okay no one really give like the people we're selling it to they don't care if it has an extra 60 70 horsepower right we don't we can come in at 150 horsepower or whatever no one's gonna give a shit it's not 230 horsepower but whatever they're just getting around town that's fine i get that you know you're like whatever i'm just making this car work mm-hmm. fuel economy whatever but that car was already designed for a specific audience, and I think that specific audience would have really appreciated the extra horsepower that they definitely could have brought to the table with not that much more effort, in my mind. I don't know. I don't know car manufacturing, what, uh, but I don't think how much more effort would it take to make a better what engine. That, what was that other car that we went to go... What was that other one that we went to go and, 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 and test drive over in... Uh, um, we tested all there? the Scions. Yeah. 
So, so, so okay. So what about uh, like uh, like a BRZ or like I feel the same way Subaru about that. BRZ, BRZ is, and, how much horsepower does it come in? It's BRZ is pretty quick. BRZ and FRS both come with two hundred. Oh, horsepower. I feel like, only two hundred. I feel but like they only this is the crux. Like two hundred uh, horsepower isn't that bad. It's not that bad, no. But it's only got one hundred and fifty foot pounds of torque. That's where it gets That's, killed. Yeah. Oh, okay. And 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 the weight of the car is. Like since being a newer car and you're getting the full belt, especially in the BRZ, is pretty. It's pretty hefty, isn't it? The BRZ. What do you mean hefty in what way? It, it weighs more than like the sign, the FRS. No, 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 they're the same car. Yeah, just one other has a Toyota a, badge. Well, yeah, yeah. Other than a couple little differences yeah, four, here. And well, there. the all-wheel drive's got to weigh an extra four. No, it doesn't have all all-wheel drive. The BRZ doesn't. No, have they're all rear-wheel drive. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, what did we? What did we Subarus test drive over there? I thought all Subarus, all Subarus, all Subarus except for the BRZ, <laughs> literally. Yeah, wow, now <laughs> I feel like an idiot. But <laughs> everyone's like, duh. BRZ, not all wheel drive. Like, <laughs> that would be sick though if they made a BRZ all wheel drive turbo. Well, I thought that the fucking was. I was like, I thought BRZ. Next thing you know, it's no, just, it's just a WRX. Nobody would buy the WRX. Yeah. Anymore. Well, no, that's why I was disappointed. I literally thought BRZ was just the better WRX. I'm like, oh, there's. WRX, and they're like, oh, but just kidding. We have the all-wheel drive <laughs> turbo BRZ. BRZ that has, but when it comes to that 200 real drive, that's a Subaru and their, well, and their letters. Well, fuck that shit, dude. Because yeah, right. the BRZ looks nicer. Yeah. Then, oh, well, you know, I like the looks of the BRZ. Well, and I'd rather have a Subaru badge than a Toyota badge or a Scion. Badge. Any yeah, day yeah. of the week. Yeah. Even though I own a Toyota. Toyota of the 90s, not the same as Toyota of 2017. Toyota of today? Scandal. Sucks ass. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Jesse, do you want me to give you a couple more points on the Audi S5? Because I know you totally give a shit. Uh, yeah, dude. <laughs> Hit me up with this S5. Well, here, uh, look it up. Do you have your phone? Uh, yeah. 20, 2013 S5. 2013. What color was it? <laughs> uh, what color was it? Gray, I think. Just uh, Grayson? I can't remember. This was like two days ago. Jeez, my memory cool. is terrible. Uh, the Audi, the, which one? S5. 2013 S5. Uh, it was black, rather. Okay, here it is. Okay, it Galaxy is. S5. S5? Yes. So, A5 is the base, S5 is the mid-range, which we drove, and RS5 is the top of the line, yeah, which we have not driven. Okay, like I, I thought classic. it was just an A5. No. No? It's S5, your, yeah. It's your business class, Audi. It's your business daily driver. It's your business driver. class, it's your M3, yeah. it's your... Uh, Audi's never wowed me with anything that looks wow. like... Except the R8. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. R8's, yeah, pretty, yeah, R8's yeah. a beautiful that, design. Exactly. I, I, my opinion is exactly the same as yours and that one, Grayson. Other than the R8, especially before that came out, too. I'd never been that impressed by the Audis on the look alone. You know, I knew they're, they were better. They're, they're, they're for serious business, business they're, people. They're for, yeah. they're, no nonsense. I'm showing up to be no nonsense. I don't want, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like high scale under the radar too. You know, like no nonsense. Not like very showy either. Like which is everyone, hilarious because this person, the particular owner of this car, was about to buy a brand new Mustang GT, but well, then so. looked at the S5 and was like. Dual clutch, supercharged V6, all wheel drive, like great interior. It was a no brainer for him, but a no brainer. Yeah. Well, the the difference in I've driven both, and I would have the S5 over the Mustang. Yeah, but that's me. Yeah, the difference in the cars, too, based on not those facts, are huge. It seems like oh yeah, yeah. He thought he was gonna go one of the other. Very different cars. Yeah. (laughs) He's like no brainer. Well, well, yeah. (laughs) Or like you know, I don't know why you were comparing them in the first place. Like you're either gonna be in that Mustang market, yes, or in that they're two totally different markets. See now, one thing that I find is that I like it and I don't like it. Like I find it a little bit weird, but I I actually kind of like it. Is the steering wheel? 
it's kind of it's a smaller steering wheel. It it kind of it looks weird just because I guess I'm used to larger steering you know how many wheels. Centimeters, but like I, I don't know the exact uh, measurement. <laughs> but like it, it's honestly it's a it's a nice driver's kind of uh, Dude, steering good. wheel. Yeah, I, that's a that's a big thing. Um, I I'm always um, impressed and enthusiastic about when I get into a car and the steering wheel is just a little bit it's a little tighter than other. Yeah. Like ooh. You just get a little giddy, like, oh, someone, well, someone was thinking with a little bit, you know, someone was putting a little effort into thinking for, like, a driver, because, you know, I like a smaller steering wheel. Oh, yeah, you can always, you, well, you can most of the time tell which cars were designed for, like, the drivers, because yeah. smaller steering wheels are better for driver. control. You don't have to move your hands no, as exactly. much to take they're, a corner. Just drive it. Like, yeah. anyone else would be like, oh, bigger, you know. Whatever. And it had a flat bottom, which... Honestly, you, if it's a crazy flat bottom, that can get in the way when you're actually around town. But with this, it was just very subtle, um, and uh, I mean, gauges are good. It, like I said, it could use a little bit more power, but supercharged V6, so instant torque. It's just like immediately yeah. when you put your foot down, just boom, you're you're like gone. That's cool. See now, from what I understand, like supercharged like cars seem to be better than turbo cars. They both mm. have their ups and downs. Ups and downs. Supercharger is, I mean, they're liter- They're both doing the same thing. Best way to the go, twin turbo, double supercharger. <laughs> you can do both at once. You but can do anyways. both, but then you're, 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 you're kind of, sh- sh- I don't know, what's a, what's a good analogy for that? Shooting fish in a barrel or something. Yeah, like you can do it, analogy. but like, no, that's not good. That's a horrible analogy. But see, it's, like superchargers, you get a lot more power. It's got, you have it like all the time, so to speak. Yes, turbochargers make lag. way more power, way easier. But, but superchargers are superchargers actually take power away from the engine in order to shove more power into it because it's pull, it's belt driven, right? Right. So it's actually taking load from the engine, taking power away from the engine. But isn't a turbo like isn't um what's no, put, what's the forcing exhaust. the air through then? Yeah, it's a turbocharger. It's, it's on a supercharger you mean? No, sorry, a tur- on, on a turbo. Like what's the what's exhaust? The exhaust. The exhaust. Oh, okay, so it, gotcha. that's why there's lag, right? right. So the, it goes through the combustion chamber and that's then it spins the turbo. Back. And then the air goes back in, and then you get the power. Right, Versus right. a supercharger where it's, belt. as soon as you hit the gas, obviously your belt goes instantly with the throttle, and so the screws tw- uh, twist instantly, compressing the air instantly. Right. Yeah. Okay. But it's it's worse in the sense that if you want a track day car, superchargers are more prone to heat soak. Okay. And get hot real quick. But What about if you're running both? There's a big disadvantage, right? I don't know. You don't know? I, I don't have that knowledge. <laughs> no, but there there is some. Like, you, you can turbocharge and supercharge yeah, right. a car at the but same don't you, time. Don't you run yes. into some like major disadvantages? Uh, cost would be one massive one. <laughs> okay, uh, but besides from that, because you heat, just heat would be another one. Because are superchargers more expensive? Superchargers are way cheaper and easier to install. But the, really, the, the thing yeah. is, is like you can't add a supercharger to a car that doesn't have one already, though. Can yeah, you, you can. Yeah, can you? Same with turbos. Yeah. Yeah, but turbos, it's difficult because you have to find space and room and everything like that, right? Jesse, you should yes. put one on your Mini, a supercharger on your Mini. Superchargers are definitely down. less complicated to put. Like, to put a supercharger, I'm sure there's a aftermarket supercharger kit for your car, Grayson. Really? I honestly would not be for surprised. A co- for an American-made car, especially? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's consult and the Google. <laughs> there's not, you would still have to go get, get it to a dyno and get someone to professionally tune it. But it wouldn't be as intense or as, like... Negative five horsepower. You, you wouldn't necessarily have the crazy, like, oh my god, if I just slap a turbo on your Cobalt, it might blow up if I don't tune it, right? Versus as a supercharger, you're generally running only five pounds of boost versus, like, 30 pounds of boost. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Is there? Are we yeah. gonna supercharge Grayson's car now? <laughs> Shit. Uh, it's only it's only seven hundred and fifty dollars on Amazon. That's almost That's like actually a fifth of the value of my car. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. There you oh, go. Oh, wow. How about that? So, can you supercharge and turbo a car? Yeah, it's called twin charging. Honestly, I don't there know. There are certain ways to do it where I think it's like heat beneficial. Soak up the ass. But I, I feel like if you're just, like, just regular roll doing it yourself, it's not. There's a reason why most people don't do it. <laughs> If it was beneficial, more people would yeah, like. Yeah, exactly. If it was like, if there was, if it was like, oh, why, why wouldn't you? You'd have the instant power whenever you want it. Then you'd have the leggy more power on the. Side. I that's basically. But, the, the, but but yeah, I think it's very finicky. I think you have to know some shit. Like, I've seen a couple cars here so and there online cars done by the like some hella, pro- like yeah, some hella professionals where it's yeah. like, yeah, it's the twin or whatever. Yeah. But. uh... Not not for not for the street people. There must be there, there must be sound on it. it must I think fuck a, up I think this is a very specific time and place and use for it. But like I've I don't think I've ever seen a car in person that's been twin charged even. But I think there are a couple companies I can name them off the top of my head. But there are a couple cars that come from the factory twin charge now. Yeah, which is like voodoo shit to me i don't know why or how (laughs) see now the isf had eight gears why don't more cars have eight gears like um it wouldn't that be like overall wouldn't that be better um yeah better fuel efficiency like does it cost of course it costs more money but like how much more does it cost Three more gears. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, like, you know, there's obviously benefits of having more gears. Yeah. So why don't more cars come with gears? It would lower the fuel. Um, you know, it would increase the fuel efficiency. Now, well, now you're looking at because uh, I, the owner of the S5 is actually telling me I had no idea, but very recently, Chevy and or no, I, th- I think I'm pretty sure it was GM and Ford just collaborated on a brand new 10 speed gearbox uh, that's going to be going into all the new Fords and GM yeah, cars. Yeah, to be grazing it, if you just look at history, it's one of those things I think with the technology maybe because trickles down. Yeah, no, it's trickled. It's trickled up. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. When the automatic first came out, they had a two speed automatic. What was right. your comment? Two and there was, speed? Yeah, two speed? Speed? No, it was a two-speed automatic, right? Yeah. And plus an overdrive or whatever. That and there sucked. was three on the tree, <laughs> yeah, it was right? Terrible. Then there was three on the tree. Then my, my Mini, when I had an original gearbox, was four-speed, right? And then most cars we know today, five-speed. Until you get to the better cars and newer cars, six-speed. And now you're talking about eight-speed. Now we got ten-speed, you know? So it's just, it's but gotten better like, over the years. We had the why. technology to do that. Well, like, like obviously, uh, now, we do. now we do. Back but then, why we not do like else. a 12-speed? Like, how much does a semi-truck have? 24, but that's yeah. a lot of gear changes, yeah, but, too. But I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying that we <laughs> have an engine. <laughs> we have an engine that has 24. So, like, I'm not saying it's put not 24 in a car, though. but, like... Yeah, I, I mean, like, what I think is, well, first this, of all, manual transmissions now, like, new Porsches and stuff, have seven-speed manuals, which, to me, is crazy. So, yeah. they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and then reverse. Fast and furious. Whereas all, like, the eight and ten speeds, are all, those are all autos, right? Those are all, okay, from one to six, or one to five, or one to six, they're all going to be, nothing, you're not going to feel any difference. It's going to drive like a normal car. They're going to be pretty similar gear ratios but then six seven eight nine ten are all overdrive highway so if you're cruising at like a buck 60 on the autobahn or 200 on the autobahn you could be turning over like 1200 rpm nice that's, that's the whole point is- that is that is where the advantage that's where uh i feel like people marcus 
a good example. He's missing out. He wishes that he would have a six gear all the time when he's cruising Always. at a 12 or 13 kilometers an hour on a highway where it's just past what the car might have been originally. Like what five years really allows you to come in at a good fuel efficiency at a lower RPM, like 1500 or lower RPM. And it's like, man, if I had a six gear right now, like I, the fuel efficiency for one would be great. It's like two, on my uh... fuel efficiency. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. Go, you. go. That's like on my BMW. Like, I, I can easily. Uh, I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> on, on my BMW, I could easily cruise allegedly on the highway at like, you know, 14 kilometers an hour. And my, my clicks will only be like, um, uh, uh, sorry, my, my RPMs will only be like, you know, 2,000. Right? Oh, you're golden. Right? And, dude, and like dude. like two thousand twenty five hundred, right? Like you know, they're not up there like it like they would be in fifth, but you know, it's like a decent cruising RPMs, and then you can still drop it too, right? And and then just give her. Yeah. See, when Jesse and I were cruising back from Kelowna in my MR two, cruising speed is fifteen kilometers an hour from Kelowna to Vancouver. Otherwise, it's just a waste of time. Why go to Kelowna? Right? Yeah, yeah exactly. But my car's sitting at four thousand RPM for three hours straight. Yeah, and fuel is just like. <laughs> Fuel and I pre- hard on the engine too a little bit. Yeah. When we uh, drove my car up there, um, like I, my car can go like the, like the like kind of the best um, like speed per like fuel whatever like comparison between fuel efficiency and speed is like a hundred. My car doesn't have much over a hundred. Like you can go way faster. It's just that. You know, you take a look at the RPM, RPMs, oh. and they're up there. Yeah, no. um, like going up. Like usually, my um, fuel efficiency is like nine to ten um, liters per hundred kilometers. Uh, on our way up to, uh, like, I was almost redlining it, <laughs> doing 14, 15 kilometers up there, and my fuel efficiency was, like, 16, 17 um, liters per 100 kilometers. Almost double, just trying to go that speed. Yeah, no, no. Uh, for, for most cars, Jeez. coming in at, like, 90 to 110 is the optimal for uh, fuel efficiency. I know my Jeep was, like, around 95 was optimal fuel efficiency. I, th- I think they, someone did a study on this a few years ago. I heard that just an overall average for every car like is, n- is around 90, 90, 90 kilometers yeah. an hour is optimum for pretty much every for, car. Yeah, yeah. That's the average for sure. That's what... Yeah, exactly. Average at least. Yeah. Average, right? Obviously, newer cars now, they you can come in a little better maybe if you're going... Because they expect people to go a little bit faster than 90. Speaking of faster, um, last time uh, three quarters of us were... Together, we were chatting about speed limits and how uh, how they are. Remember? Do you guys remember this? I think we're always talking about speed limits. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're all, we're always talking about speed limits. But like, what what uh, what were we commenting on last time? Like, well, there's a guy. There's a guy. It was one of the points that I brought up that people probably have, a lot of people have seen, where he does the full statistics studies based on what the difference in increasing speed limits are. Mm-hmm. And, like, what it actually means when you look at the raw data from accidents, you know, fatal accidents, blah, blah, blah. And everything actually decreases. If you raise the speed limits, you actually decrease. The only reason our speed limits are, and this is the exact fact, the only reason our speed limits are what they are right now, and there's some of them are, makes sense, right? Don't go more than 30 in a fucking school zone or 35 Cause, you know, White Rock Beach. Because kids fucking do stupid shit. They run in front of your car. And yeah, you, of course, right? Sure. Or you come up to a place with big-ass windy road. It recommends you go 40 or something. And you realize, no, yeah, oh, there's a, blind ass, there's a blind-ass corner. Maybe whatever. You can tell the first time. Easy. Sure. Yeah, the recommendations. Time, oh, yeah. double. Yeah, all recommendations are that times two. <laughs> but. Allegedly. The rest of these fucking speed limits are absolute 
bullshit just to make money. Okay. They are, they are. Yeah, and there's actually another interesting study that I um, read recently, um, and it's basically talking about uh, properly using the passing lane and slow lane. And what they found is one in ten accidents are caused by people incorrectly using the lanes. I saw that so too. So if yeah. you increase a speed limit, but then people are still not using the lanes properly, I could see the actual accidents going up. Because but, you're going faster and you're having to pass people. But if you use the lanes properly as well true. as increase the speed limit, yeah. like I see that. Do you drive on Highway 1? Yeah. Right. And you know how like if you're, people are always fucking like either in the HOV lane and they're not going faster than general traffic. I'm like, okay, why are you in the HOV lane if you're not going to go? The HOV lane is meant that's to be. That's the whole point. That's literally the whole point of the lane is for it to be. This yeah. is a faster alternative. If you're carpooling, we're giving you, hey, gold star. Or motorcycle thank you. or electric yeah, sorry, cars. Sorry, even. Been, nice. Like, thank you for being electric, for being motorcycle, for carpooling. Here's a little little bonus to your day. You get to go a little faster than the rest of these fuckers on the road. <laughs> <laughs> Until you get behind someone who got a minivan that's going slower, and you're like, why the fuck? Why the fuck are you in the lane? Like, do you not understand the whole purpose? The whole purpose of the lane wasn't to be in your special lane so you could be special. Yeah. And just no, slow everyone fast. the fuck down. Yeah. Because if you want to drive slower than the people in the lanes beside you, then go over into the lanes beside you, yeah. right? It's like, yeah. I and totally on, agree with you. It pisses me off. And at the same off. point, what is our, I was making the comment of it when we were talking earlier, that people were like, well, that, that road would be crazy if everyone was going like, because the, the, the Highway 1, is, it's got a 90 speed limit. And I was saying, well, it could easily be a, a, look, 100 easily, 110. Because 130. People are like, what, what, what about when traffic? I'm like, well, when there's traffic, no one's going to be able to go that fast anyways. Yeah. yeah. Right? So the speed limit will dictate itself. Yeah. And the Just speed limit, the, the number that's on the sign should be when there's no traffic. Optimal conditions, right? or, no traffic. Yeah, exactly. Optimal or conditions. Few, or, like, yeah, few cars right, on the road. Right, exactly yeah. what I mean. Like, when there's light traffic and you can go, what speed limit can you go? That's the limit you're allowed to go. Is the speed limit you can go. But other than that, when there's there's traffic that dictates how fast you go, like oh, I'm not gonna be able to actually go fast enough because there's all these cars here. In my car, I would say that in terms of the speed limit, I can go 40 kilometers over the speed limit, and and 39.5 is how much I like. Well, no, at. of course you come in a couple of kilometers under, which is impound uh, speeds. Yeah. But uh, but I find that that feels safe. Like you know, much more than that, it starts feeling un, like unstable. But what you have to realize <laughs> is that um, the uh, the speed limit says maximum hundred. Right, maximum, which means yeah. like all the speed limits say maximum. So the max speed you can go is that speed. In optimum conditions. If people were to in- yeah. increase that, but actually start teaching people that you know, if you know, plan on dr- driving slower than that. If you don't like gr- going that speed, go in the slow lane and do eighty. Yeah. Right, like. I think that's when things start to improve. But unfortunately, in society, we have to walk as slow as the slowest person. We have shit driver training. Yeah. We've well, said this so many times we before. It's so Especially true. here. We got, like, that's why we can't have roundabouts that and, much. And we got a, a whole bunch of people that don't li- come from here. here. But the biggest right. thing... And, and BC and... Can- well, BC in particular basically treats a driver's license as a right... Which is well, BC has the strictest uh, licensing uh, system out of any other province in Canada. Is that um, true? Yeah, it is. We we have the we I don't do hundred so. percent. I know, I, I know you so can, many people have just bought their license. No, no, no. Here's the thing, though, Grace. When I people know. come over from China, now they're accepting Chinese drivers' licenses. Yeah, yeah. that's bullshit. No, f- which for is sure, kind of for sure. But yeah. uh, talking about the people who actually drive here, the biggest thing that again I think that the system is missing, and this is all over, is they teach you defensive driving, which teaches you how to be scared shit 
effortless behind the wheel. What you need to do is teach um, offensive driving. Not planning. <laughs> no, not saying it's like, this is how you do a burnout. This is how you do that. But, but, but like... This is how you do a pass. No. This is how you slipstream, motherfucker. No, but if you... This were, is how you pass Gray on the side of the road. If, if they put you on a track, when you think about it, if they put you on a track and, and you actually are taught how to maneuver the car properly, right? You're not doing this on city roads, but you know how to handle a car. You know how to limit. You know how to take a corner. You know how to, like, you're a fast reaction time, right? Like, it's teaching you skills you're not necessarily planning on people using, but you can always know because the best drivers on the road are people who can usually drive offensively and aggressively. Yeah. Right? It kind of comes hand in hand. I don't mean, I don't know if offensive and aggressive is the right word. word. No, but I'm saying people on the roads nowadays who can drive aggressively are generally better drivers. (laughs) Right. Okay. I think 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 you're still because they're they're fed up with people who are who can drive aggressively not they do drive aggressively I mean look at yourself like do you consider yourself a half decent driver I like to think so. I'm right. not the best driver. No, for sure. No, but, but, but now think but about like how like, you handle the road. Mm-hmm. You're able to adapt to a situation very quickly. Sure. You are a lot better drivers than most soccer moms out there driving their minivan at half the speed. I mean, like you're mm-hmm. paying attention. You're focusing. Like, like you I put time and effort into actually improving. But that's what yeah. they need to the actual driving system versus, you know, like they're teaching you if everything goes right, if everything is perfect, you know, this is how you drive. But sometimes shit isn't perfect. Sometimes an ambulance come and you well, have to get out of the way and you have to do things you normally wouldn't do. For mm-hmm. for two, mm-hmm. I think everyone should have to do proper driver training. I feel like, oh no, your parents are allowed to teach you or something. I'm like, that's a little shit. If your parents are allowed to teach you everything, that's how you still have slavery and gay marriage. Just because your parents <laughs> just told you this. Right? And then you're just, everyone just continues on with well, that. Like, like, and so you learn from an actual professional. If your, parents, if your parents are a shit driver, you're going to become exactly. a shit Exactly. Like the person learning is just like, oh, whatever. Like, what? You're missing on some... Even doing, like, the small amount uh, of training unless I Unless you're a, dri- a real car enthusiast, and whereas your parents aren't, they teach you how to drive shit, but then once you get your own car, you're like, oh, shit, my friends actually know how to drive, and then if you actually sure. put in the time and effort yourself... Yeah, that too, but I mean, like, for the general public... Yeah. The general public, which is the most people that we're having the problem with, is the general public. Absolutely. <laughs> we're just out there just being shit drivers. Traffic. And, uh, yeah, and they're just like, oh, whatever, I got Commuters. my license, and then they just have it. And that's another thing. Then they have it for what? How? What, do you need a refresher, or are we gonna test you? Nope. You can be fucking seventy years old. You got your license when there was no stop signs. <laughs> <laughs> no joke. Literally, there's people there that got their license sure, when there was yeah. no such thing as a fucking streetlight. For for reals, and now they're just still able to drive. I'm like, that's a load of shit, dude. Uh, no. There, I think I'm they're sorry, thinking dude. about doing more drivers. Like once you become a certain Six age years or old or something, you test. should definitely have to go through another test. I've seen so many other that look the hell is stressed <laughs> behind yeah. the wheel. No, yeah. I mean like and people not get confident. stressed just shut down and not confident and, like, and being a big danger to society because they're not doing some things that they should be like, which is going with the flow, or you know, emerging. At like with a blinker or something like that, they're just like, oh, I just gotta move over, and they'll just like slightly move, slowly move over, and they'll cut people off in the slow. It's like you didn't look in your mirror, like what the fuck. I was driving on the road the other day, and like I guess it was during rush hour, and this um, younger girl was driving, and all of a sudden, like she was doing something or holding up the line or whatever, and people were honking, and she was pressured, so she just jammed on her brakes and just like sat there and started crying. 
And it's like, no, seriously, that's exactly what happened. Did you get a number? No, I didn't. <laughs> oh, too bad. Vulnerable uh, I, as soon as I drove by, I thought I'd make her feel a, uh, a little bit better. And I said, hey, take it easy. Don't beat yourself up. Nice. Oh, did you actually? Oh, I mean, like, I waved and sure, I just said, yeah, yeah, yeah. she's, she's crying. And it's like, you know, it's like, what yeah. are you going to do? It's like, yeah. I'm not going to yell at her anymore because everyone else is honking at her. So, I mean, again, it's just one of those things that people need to think about improving. Confidence right? is the number one thing behind the wheel. If yeah. you're not confident, you're just going to be a danger a to driver. yourself and other drivers. Yeah. And with that, yeah. what do you say we wrap it up, folks? Wrap it up. Um, we have a YouTube channel and a website, www.roadsandtravel.com. Boom, hit it up. Everything's there. And hats. And hats and stickers Woo-hoo! and new videos. Um, what do we have coming up? Look at the calendar. Uh, we're shooting an Audi RS4 wagon on Thursday. Ooh, I'm very excited about that. We've got a if you guys are fans of the smoking tire a long time ago, you would have not a long time ago, less than a year ago, you would have seen a big turbo Fiat 500 on that channel. He drove his car from Vancouver to LA to go film with Matt Farah. We're driving the car now and the car has like way more horsepower than Matt when Matt Farah drove it. It's going to be a better video, I think, actually, to be honest. We, okay. we put in the title. I think we need to mention more. Matt Fair in the title. Like, Matt Fa- uh, Matt Farah missed out or whatever. <laughs> I'm sure he would appreciate that. Um, <laughs> and then we, this one I'm super excited about. We're filming a brand new Mustang GT350, or a Shelby GT350, and then a uh, Euro-spec E36 M3 and a 1973 Cuda. So what is a Cuda exactly? Oh, it's, it's a Plymouth so Cuda. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just an old, old classic muscle car. Muscle car. But it's like, one, dude, they're they are not fucking cheap these days. Or, and this one's like a little bit modified. It's like bored out. It's yeah, kind of looks like a Challenger. So, so, kind of, it's yeah, it's yeah. a muscle car. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, but it looks very much like a Challenger. The, well, it's, yeah, it's like the flat, more skinny, like square, it's like rectangle frontish, and then the back is the back more raised than a Challenger for sure. You got that dope wing. Does it have a, have a dope wing on the... On... That's a Challenger. Yeah, I know what a Challenger looks like. Well, no, but just so it's fresh in your mind. Okay, fresh in my mind, and then... Barracuda. Mm-hmm. It's more of like a d- down angle. Or Cuda. Yeah, I guess it is. But it... Mm, that one's a little... That one looks modified, for sure. That's a ch- I'm yeah, just trying to find one that's the same color. If you just type in... Yeah, no, I mean, they're, they're definitely similar. I mean, if you look at most muscle cars from that era but uh, no like mustangs look different mustangs uh, do but but anyways 73 cuda all those cars are coming up and some awesome cars we actually have three different acura nsx's that we're going to be driving at some point which is crazy uh thanks guys for listening thanks grayson thank you glad to be back jesse yeah thanks levi say your goodbyes where are you at buddy (laughs) <laughs> oh, I heard it. We got it. All right, guys. Peace out. See you guys next week. See you later.